the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Well, here we are in our various different locations, socially distant. It's John Taylor, Shan Carr, and we are joined by Dr. Laura Rush, family physician at Kaiser, who has graciously agreed to uh, come on with us and talk about what is going on in our community and with our health and with this pandemic. We want to thank you very much, Dr. Laura, for taking the time. Uh, you you got to be at work. I'm here. I'm here now. But uh, we've gone to all virtual appointments for the next couple of weeks. So it's mostly telephone and video appointments for me. So we're, we're keeping our staff safe and our patients safe. Nobody, nobody's coming in the door unless it's a, a true dire emergency right now. If people don't know, Dr. Rush just won Pride Best Doctor of the Valley and also the Desert Sun Best Doctor of the Valley. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. We love what you do. I am so fortunate I get to do this and be out here in Palm Springs, too, to be in paradise and do what I love and take care of my own community. John, will you introduce who else is here? Oh, yes. We have Jimmy Bogle, who's the publisher of Coachella Valley Independent. And, of course, we also have our Gay Desert Guide, Brad Fur. And so we're all uh, in in our hunkered down uh, coronavirus safe places. If we want to just get started with it, I do have a bit of an echo. I don't know if you guys do, but I'm just going to push forward with it. Uh, we've got some questions from some of our our viewers and listeners and watchers. And Jimmy, you did the first collecting of it. You want to read to Dr. Rush? One of the questions that you got from Coachella Valley Independent Reader. Reader of our Daily Digest, with Jeffrey. And his question is, is it okay to go to friends' houses if there are less than 10 people, you're doing the social distancing thing, and everyone's feeling okay? Yeah, the current recommendation that they're putting out is, you know, gatherings less than 10 people. The biggest concern is if you're coming in contact with someone who's been infected or has also come in contact and carrying the virus. So generally, you know, the ship has already sailed in terms of the infection is out here, COVID virus is out here. Um, people have been exposed to it already. So it's really maintaining appropriate distance, um, trying to not get yourself infected, staying away from friends, family members who are sick or could possibly shedding virus particles. Um, you know, no one coughing, no one sneezing within, you know, six to 10 feet of you. That's the general idea of trying to maintain a safe distance. For the best outcome, it's really just going to be best to to sit home and let, you know, people who are sick be taken care of. Let the virus run its course out here as much as, as it can and uh, try not to increase the infection rate and try not to increase the amount of people who are actually getting sick. So while it's, it's okay, it's probably in your best interest to not. Okay. Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent um, has been doing a daily update a resource of all the answers from around the valley. Let me let him tell you about how that's been going and how we got our questions for today. Yeah, we started about a week ago, and um, I basically sent it out to everyone who normally gets my weekly D edition. Basically, what I'm doing is trying to send a message to everyone every day and link to local news to kind of help us get through all of this. And people can sign up for that at cdindependent.com. Cool. Well, let's get to it. Um, this is very gay from Stephen in the valley. I'm sure my situation is not unique in the Valley. I've recently started seeing someone new, and we have an amazing connection. We've been sexually intimate quite a few times. Over the past couple of weeks, we both live alone. Clearly, we've gone beyond social distancing, but where do we go now in this new normal? Do we need to step away from each other for a few weeks, 
or can we continue to be intimate? I love that the gay guy first has to brag about the fact that he's getting some in the middle of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has to get his own plug in before he asks his question, but what would you say? I, I, I say, Stephen, uh, like I said earlier, that ship has sailed. So you guys are already swapping bodily fluids. Uh, if one of you is infected, the other one's infected at this point. I would just uh, monitor for symptoms and uh, try not to infect anybody else in the process. Uh, make sure you're wearing a good, big, giant body condom. <laughs> body condom. <laughs> <laughs> Webcamming. Absolutely. Well, now maybe they need to shack up for the few weeks while this is happening because, you know, I've been seeing some breakups between roommates. I saw somebody this morning, the roommate, kept going out. Oh, yeah. People are losing their mind on day one of the lockdown. We've got a long way to go. So this is going to be a true test of relationships um, with loved ones, partners, family members. Where are we with test kits finding out who is uh, positive for coronavirus in the Coachella Valley? In testing, so right now we are only testing patients who are symptomatic, who are uh, with the serious symptoms, high fever, cough, uh, shortness of breath. They've been opening up some testing facilities. There was one that just opened up yesterday for drive-up testing. Um, more are coming online. I know here I'm working. They uh, we will be doing testing for very symptomatic patients, testing sputum cultures, which is they're going to be having to cough up some phlegm essentially, and then we're sending that off to be tested. Um, some private testing facilities like LabCorp and Quest Diagnostics are are coming online with their testing, so they're amping it up as uh, as quickly as possible. There's a great website that's out there that I think I put a link on my own Facebook page. It's the Riverside University Health System, their public health page, and they've got a coronavirus watch. Uh, the link on that is rivcoph.org, so R-I-V-C-O-P-H dot O-R-G. It's great current information. You can see how many people are becoming infected out here. Great links to, to everything you need to know about, about coronavirus. There was a lot of people that were bristling about Riverside County making the measures that they made early on, but we're not complaining now. No, we're not. We're a little bit slow to, to be reacting. And I think, you know, first it was limiting going out to bars and restaurants. People were still out and about this past weekend, and now it's more of a you know, stay at home, try to the, the social distancing, keeping away from people. It's, it's a gradual process as we become more aware of what's happening and just how prevalent the virus is right now. We're not sure just how many people have it. That's why we're, we're trying to test, but we're not testing everybody. Uh, we are just not prepared to handle that kind of testing. We, we don't have the supplies to do it. We don't have the reagents for the test to do it. So we are only testing the truly symptomatic people. So and a lot of questions are, can we test everybody? Can we find out who has the virus and who doesn't? It doesn't really make sense to do that. It's really a question of, let's see where where the hot spots of the virus are right now so that we can then best decide how we're going to handle it. I've got a, I just, I want to get your comment on this. We've been watching um, spring break activities, the people on the beach in, in Florida. When do you think this is going to hit home for the entire nation? We're still seeing a rise in cases right now. So if we, you know, if this follows anything like it did in China after a few weeks, it, you're going to start seeing it peak. So we're not we're not there yet. China, they're not getting any new cases. It's sort of leveling off in terms of the amount. So it's not a growing exponential rate. It's sort of leveling off. They're still getting new cases, but the number of new cases per day is not rising, if that, that makes sense. 
So I think we're still a couple of weeks out to see just how much of an impact this is going to have here. From another local Laura, I hear that coronavirus can be asymptomatic. Is that true? Can that be true for the entire time that you have it? Yeah, sure. You could be a carrier of coronavirus and, and not get sick at all, um, but still pass it on to people with weakened immune systems especially out here in Coachella Valley where we have such a, uh, an older population and a higher population of HIV patients, why it's important to be keeping your distance because you may feel fine, but you're not passing that virus off to somebody else who can't fight it. I actually have another question here. How soon after someone is infected does someone become contagious? You know, how long it could be anywhere between, you know, a day and two weeks, so one to 14 days. Um, are we... That's currently testing patients who aren't symptomatic. So that question becomes moot in terms of, you know, we're finding out if they're infectious or not, because we are currently only testing people that actually have severe symptoms. If somebody tests positive and has symptoms, how do you treat them? I mean, I've heard chicken soup and rest. Right now, there's no medication. There's no antiviral on the market just yet. There's, they're, they're experimenting with some other medications that are presently out there for treating other viral infections, but right now there's nothing that's FDA approved for treating this particular coronavirus. So it's just supportive care right now. And supportive care means, you know, staying home, rest, Tylenol for fevers, plenty of fluids, plenty of hand washing, just to keep you away from other people. It's the same treatment that you would have for influenza, for the flu, or the common cold. And until your body can build up the antibodies to fight the virus in and of itself, and then you will recover on your own if you, your body has that ability. The patients that get very, very sick, that develop serious respiratory issues, that need to be hospitalized, then it becomes supportive care by the use of ventilators, being in ICU, getting fluids, um, and watching for secondary bacterial infections, such as pneumonia that can develop when your immune system is very weak. Ooh, that sounds like fun. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> Said no one ever. I've been really thrilled, especially as a comedian, that you've had such a sense of humor about your posts on Facebook. Uh, you've been having like a talking mask and a talking toilet paper roll. And tell us a little bit about handling this kind of thing with humor. I, I've been trying to handle it with humor, like I handle a lot of things. I try to use humor with my patients too, because it can't always be serious all the time. Although there are times when this does require you to be serious. I find the initial response with the hoarding of toilet paper to, to be absurd. Coronavirus is, this is an upper respiratory infection, so people are hoarding the wrong material for the wrong hole. This is not giving you crippling <laughs> diarrhea. So the need for toilet paper escapes me. Um, they should be hoarding things like cough drops and cough syrup. Right. People get extra crazy. They're crazy as amplified at this time, for sure. You can see gay guys at Costco with like 25 half gallons of vodka pushing their way out the door. We all handle this in our own way. People prioritize differently, absolutely. I, the uh, the increase in the number of people asking me for Xanax at Anavan has just gone through the roof this week. Have a glass of wine. I'm not giving out benzodiazepines. I do want to say that's a very serious thing. I um I, and, and of course you need to make fun of it and, and, and have a laugh about it. But I deal with anxiety and all the stuff that I have to deal with anxiety a night out with friends, watching baseball games, all of that is cancelled right now. So how do you counsel patients who are dealing with maybe depression or anxiety? The pharmaceuticals we, we don't take lightly in terms of we're managing anxiety. Um, you know, the problem is we have issues with people overusing benzodiazepines and medications such as opioids. 
And while I might hit a little bit about saying, well, you know, we're not handing it out right now, we are trying to manage our patients as best we can um, with the correct medications, with counseling, with therapy. There are a lot of people out there that are trying to access online therapy. Uh, there's a lot of websites that do provide that. It's trying to do other measures. It's the same way I would counsel somebody who came in here when we weren't in the middle of an epidemic, and that's finding other ways other than pharmaceuticals to, to handle things. So if that means exercising, going for walks, talking, talking with your loved ones, meditating, listening to music, going for bike rides, other than, you know, like I said, self-medicating when I kid, so you just go home and, and hit the wine, not necessarily the healthiest way to approach the anxiety about having to stay inside and having to be isolated from your job, from your loved ones. This actually does get serious because people are losing their jobs, they're losing their income, they're losing their social support. So it's a tough question, and it's a it's a tough thing to have to answer and deal with my patients. Like I said, I am getting a lot of people asking me for medications, and this isn't the time to be starting, but it is trying to work out how we can take care of these patients. It's now we're dealing with more than just the infection we are dealing with the depression and the mental health aspect of an outbreak such as this. And we're also eating really badly. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. You know, I went to the grocery store and I was stunned to see that all the organic vegetables were still there, but things like the bread and, and the chips and the sodas were disappearing off the shelves. And I was like, you know, we, we are in this for the long haul. So, you know, we're not, we can't get to the gym. So it's, it's, we're going to have to be making different changes. Don't you think it's pretty telling which things were sitting on the shelves? There was a lot of stuff that made me laugh, That it was mostly the healthiest, healthiest. Absolutely. The, the things that, as I said, we're stunned to see were uh, the organic fruits and vegetables over at Albertsons by my house. But uh, the pastries were gone, and all of the cold cuts were gone. So all the meat counters were, were closed. I'm not sure when they're planning on, on restocking. Well, I think some of the restaurants are still delivering, correct? Yeah. So that is a great resource for that stuff. Yeah, I'll, I can speak to that for a second. We've been working with the uh, Chamber of Commerce, the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau, and the Bureau of Tourism in compiling um, a list of the restaurants that are doing takeout and delivery. And so on the dine and sit page of Gate Desert Guy, we've been um, amending all of the listings. And if you click on a, a section that we've got up there called carryout slash delivery, all the restaurants that we know of to this point that are doing carryout and delivery will be listed there. Now, we don't have Domino's and Pizza Hut because you know those are doing it. But any of our local restaurants, uh, the ones that are, you know, really um, need our support, um, we have listed all of those there. As that list gets updated, we are continuing to make those changes every day. Jimmy Bogle, um, you're the publisher and founder of the Coachella Valley Independent. And I want to give you a shout out here while Dr. Laura is still on, because you're doing a kind of a combination of funny things in your column and then the very serious and, and also providing a service with links to some great resources every day in your newsletter. How do people get that newsletter each day from you? Well, thanks, Brad, for that. I really appreciate it. Um, we are doing the Daily Digest. Uh, we're emailing it out to people, and people can go to cvindependent.com and sign up for that. There's a link right at the top of the page where they can click on it and they can get it, or they can also read it at cvindependent.com in the Daily Digest section of our news section. 
Yeah, you're doing okay. a great job, Thanks. Jimmy. I've been uh, following all the stuff you've been putting up, and it's a great clearinghouse of information. Me too. It's been good. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I have to say the community response has been overwhelming. I started this about a week ago because I was trying to figure out a way to kind of build community and, and serve our readers because everyone's kind of panicked. And the response I've gotten from people has been overwhelming and touching. People really need community right now. People need to know we're all in this together. You know, Dr. Laura, I just read and reposted your very long Facebook post today to provide information that, you know, real and true and has some levity to it, um, but yet keeps us informed and keeps us updated on what we need to know. And thank you very much for joining us today. We have a lot of people that are in the trenches in the healthcare industry, the caregivers. Uh, one of my roommates is, uh, you know, a caregiver at uh, Stonewall. And I'm seeing these people going through incredible stresses, like the protocols are changing every single day. There's memos, there's things to sign off your temperature is taken. How can we be supportive of those people in our lives that are essential caregivers? What what, what do you need from your friends and, and family? You know, everyone has been amazingly supportive. Uh, you know, this is a, it's a moving target. So where we are dealing with a short, be short on supplies, um, increase in the number of patients that are reaching out to us, um, you know, not always having all the answers right away or the answer changing. So there's a, a big frustration level. So check in on your loved ones. Make sure they're sleeping. Make sure they're eating. Um, make sure that, you know, they're they're feeling okay. Uh, this this is very, very stressful. People are, are stuck at home, and I don't want to say that I don't have the luxury to be stuck at home because for the vast majority of people, it's not a luxury. This is a hardship. So it's a bit exhausting. So just putting us know that, you know, there's appreciation out there and understanding and and then doing what you know, everyone playing their part, staying home when they're told to stay at home or just keeping safe. Thank you so much. That is exactly where we needed to land. And I can't wait to have you come talk to us again. Dr. Laura, if you will consider coming back with us uh, maybe another week so that we can continue to update um, our podcast uh, listeners and, and everybody else. Absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This has been great. And I'm, I'm happy to answer any other questions. All right, you guys. Have a great morning. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Laura Rush. So last night, the drag queens got together a small amount. None of them touched each other or shared makeup and did a live show on Facebook Live. Anita Rose did it. And there were like, I, I think it's up to like 3000 views. Amazing. With no audience, you know, they just did a live. It's uh, called Homegrown. And uh, Anita Rose is going to try and do it once a week. Super cool. Actually, Charles Drobkin did a thing as a chef, too. He wrote to me as he was working on it about maybe having me put it out somewhere. Uh, he's a chef, and he's telling you how to make shit out of the weird shit in your pantry. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, we're welcome. We're happy to post that in LinkedIn. Of course. Jimmy and sure. I would post that. I'd put it on the on the website. And I know uh, Michael Holmes, we're talking, we're going to actually do a live performance from Purple Room possibly with Keisha D and uh, and do a little like, you know, dinner time music to accompany your dinner. Nice. Somebody had it on Facebook this week. They said, well, with the coronavirus lockdown, we're going to find out what everybody's real hair color is. Oh, yeah. Not me. You Not hoarded me. boxes of, of, of Miss Clairol, didn't you? I had two and I went ahead and I got two more because I have to do it with two boxes with all this air. <laughs> and... Uh, 
What do you mean by all this hair? Are you doing more than just the stuff on your head? I don't even believe that you're trying to imply that the carpet matches the drapes. It doesn't. I have no more carpet. <laughs> as, as, as my dad would have said, Shan's a classy broad. What can I say? By the way, it's the first it's, day of spring. I know. Is it really? And I don't even know that? Well, it's because we're not going outside. I'm going outside as soon as I hang up on you bitches. So my buddy, uh, Max Mitchell, he showed up at Clark Nutrition, and they said, you know, there's an elderly hour from 8 to 9 o'clock. And he said, and apparently this is bitchy hour. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for bitchy hour. You guys, thanks so much. Jimmy Bogle from CV Independent, Dr. Laura Rush, our Gay Desert Guide, Brad Fur, and as always, Shan Carr, comedian and community activist. We love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr.